As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We got some things up our sleeves, so... We are not good. What? We are not good, Chef. No? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Put in another f- corner! Why the f*** do I watch this team? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hogg, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Dicker versus the Hurricane. Who would win? That guy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Dicker. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. A Bears win on a Thursday night. Bears own Thursday night football on Prime. That is the Bears night of the week, Johnson. There's no more. No. It's just a Monday nighter against the Vikings? Unless that gets flexed. Flexed. They could can, be. They can flex Monday night games this year, and I believe that's the first one that is actually allowed to be flexed. I always find it hard to believe they're going to flex out of the Chicago market. And this Josh Dobbs story is all of a sudden kind of interesting, too. Justin Fields will be back. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, last night, um, that was a game that was played. <laughs> It's fine. Honestly, like my my number one takeaway is that if you're the Carolina Panthers, you might be a bit concerned about things. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, they're, they're, they're that's a that's a bad that's a bad football team that doesn't have a first round pick and might not have a quarterback either. That's a that's a if I'm David Tepper, who's already known for not having very much patience that the, the uh, Panthers owner over there. I don't know how I'm feeling if I'm uh, Scott Fitter or even Frank Reich. Did I hear this stat that he's had five coaches in five years? Um, Tepper since he took over? Yes. Um, I don't even know how that's possible. Well, Rule was there for two, right? And th- there had to be an interim. Oh yeah, you're probably counting. Oh yes, because Wilkes Wilkes maybe, took over. Maybe two interims in there. I'm trying to think who was that. Well, Ron Rivera. Okay. Yeah, Ron Rivera was there when Tepper took over. 
And then there's probably an interim there too. So yeah, I think that adds up. Well, he looked very... Oh, there was another. So there's another interim, Perry Fuel. That one I never would have remembered. Yes. Yeah. Holy moly. He looked impatient. Like he looked like he wanted to fire everybody when they put him on the broadcast. They put him on the broadcast? Not like to talk, but oh, when, when oh, they just showed they him, showed in, him. In, in, in the the box there, okay. he looked angry. <laughs> well, he should be angry. I mean, I should also mention they also traded away DJ Moore. So you lost DJ. You're playing against DJ Moore. Your quarterback's not very good, and you don't have your first round pick. I mean, that had to be a very unple- as as unpleasant of a football game as that was to watch for everybody. I mean, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, that had to be... I don't even know how you would have watched that. On Amazon Prime. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I know we're going to get into this a lot later, but there were numerous times throughout that game where I'm like, oh, no, Bryce Young can't see down the field. Yeah. Throws were low, throws were high. Well, that's on the scheme, but that's also selecting a guy who's 5'10". Well, I was going to say, he literally can't see. Because I actually think he's... I mean, his college tape indicated he could see the field well, like in terms of understanding offense and progressions. But it's not looking good there. We'll see what CJ Stroud does again this weekend, too. But that's, uh, I, I don't, as bad as things can be sometimes for Bears fans, I don't know that there's a worse situation right now, maybe in sports. <laughs> um, you know, other than my baseball. I was about to say, you. there's one on the south side <laughs> that's of Chicago. Probably, that's probably worse. You might have seen their stadium when, as you were leaving uh, Soldier Field last night. Yeah, it was. Uh, They're yeah. losing everybody, including their, you know. Good for very, you, Jason. Very, very popular. Yeah, very popular play-by-play, man. R- r- real quick on that. Okay, uh, 20 seconds on this. Okay, we'll do a, we'll do a Kevin Fishbane 15 seconds on Northwest. All right, I'm counting. Go. Okay. Earlier this week, hometown kid from Milwaukee leaves for the Cubs in his own division. A couple days later, hometown kid leaves Chicago for division rival Tigers. Both of these situations being viewed completely differently by the fan bases because every White Sox fan in the world knows that it's not that Benetti has every reason to leave and should leave. But there's really not much difference between like what the two guys are doing. Craig Council, he's from Whitefish Bay, going to the Cubs. Benetti's leaving for a division rival, grew up in Chicago, and everyone here is like, yeah, good for you, man. Way to get out. <laughs> I mean, what does that say about your team and ownership when it's that when it's like that? And what if the the Cubs sign Otani now? Well, they probably will. And yeah. Well, we don't have to get into that, but my I've never believed my theory more that the White Sox will not be in Chicago in 10 years. I've never been more convinced. There's nothing here for them anymore. Soon, whoever's the new owner, whenever Jerry passes and the team gets moved around, there's so many markets right now that want a team, and the White Sox are going to be at the top of the list to move. I guarantee it. Nashville, Tennessee. Their lease is up in like six years, I think. Never been more convinced. Anyway, this is a football show. Welcome in Hogan Johns with you. Bears got a victory last night. They are now three and seven on the year. They hold currently the number one and number five picks in the NFL draft this coming spring. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. 
can follow our show account at Hogan Johns. Go to HoganJohns.com for merch, including the shirt I'm wearing today. We do love football on this podcast, as you can imagine. Um, I got a couple questions for you, Johns, coming out of last night's game. Tyson Bajant, for you know whatever it's worth, I didn't think he played particularly well last night. He looked like a rookie quarterback, too. But he didn't turn the ball over. The Bears ran the ball effectively, played good defense. They got it out of there with a win. Tyson Bajant, in this four-game stretch, went two and two. The Bears are actually three and three in their last six, which is something. It's hard to like really feel great about it, considering just like you know how things looked last night at times. But my question for you: Are you buying or selling the idea? that the Bears could continue playing 500 ball when Justin Fields comes back. I am 100% buying that. Interesting. I think there's a lot of stats that almost would back that up. I look at the improvement of the run defense as number one. They were one of the worst rush defenses in the league last year. They were, they're number one in yards per carry now defensively. Number one in the NFL. They're that good. They've turned it around that much. I think you saw last night the multiplying effect of Montez Sweat, too. I'm not saying it's going to be there like every snap, every quarter, maybe not even every game, but you saw that it's possible. There were glimpses, there were more than glimpses of it. It, it happened last night. It happened. He only had three quarterback hits, but there were three sacks, and that defensive line looked better. Part of that probably could have been Bryce Young, but. In general, they were better. Um, helped to have that secondary back. And that offensive line. Well, Tyson Bajan played fine. He was good enough to win. No sacks, no turnovers. That, like, that offensive line provided him time. They continue to run the ball well. And if they're going to play 500 ball, like isn't that who we expected them to be almost to, to begin with? Like a middling, middle of the pack team? Yeah. That was kind of that that yeah that was that was the expectation. Did you see that stat Prime put up at the end of the game that the Bears did not allow a sack, they did not turn the ball over, and they did not allow their opponent to score a touchdown, uh, an offensive touchdown. That was the first time since the since 1998 against the Ravens. Wow. Now the Panthers are awful, but that's got to count for something. I mean, you don't you just don't have a lot of games like that, right? Where you don't allow a sack, you don't turn the ball over, and you don't allow a touchdown. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Now I'm looking at the schedule though, Johns. So for them, they got they got seven games left. So you can't I, I guess if we include this Panthers game in it, you have to go three and four the rest of the way, and you can say that, hey, you know. Went four and four in the last eight weeks of the season. That counts for something. And then uh, six and seven down the stretch in the last 13 weeks of the season. If they finish three and four the rest of the way, that's what you could say. Now, do you think they're going to go into Detroit and be the Lions? Because I don't. No. Okay. Do you think they're going to go in Minnesota on Monday football and beat the Vikings? Possibly. Possibly. Let me see a little bit more of Josh Dobbs here. Like as, as good of a story as, as Josh Dobbs is for what he did last week, 
I mean, he did just leave the one-win Arizona Cardinals. Because my counterpoint to you, I guess, is then you get a bye week, then you play the Lions again, and I don't think they're going to beat the Lions at home, quite frankly. And then they got to go to Cleveland. And Cleveland's got a really good defense. One of the best. And I don't need to bring up flashbacks to the last time Justin Fields went to Cleveland. But there's yeah, also there's also a world, I guess what I'm saying is there's also a world in which they lose the next four games. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think one and three is probably the best case scenario. But the last three weeks, you get two Southern teams and the Cardinals and Falcons coming to Soldier Field on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. I think those are two games that actually kind of play into the Bears' favor from a schedule perspective. And then you end the season in Green Bay against a bad Packers team, but we know how those games typically go. I, I guess my, my question for you then is, like, well, then how are they losing those games? Is it like the Chargers game where they're blown out? Yeah. But Montez Sweat wasn't involved in that game. Um, they still had injuries in their secondary. Justin Fields wasn't the starter. So I'm got they won't be favored in many of those games. They won't be favored against the Lions. Won't be favored against the Browns. I, I guess how are you losing to those playoff worthy teams? Well, I, in fact, I would say they're only going to be favored against the Cardinals, unless the Packers really bottom out. We'll see how both teams are playing there that final week. Um, so you're look. I, I asked the question because I think arguments can be made both ways, and I I don't have anything against your argument in buying it. Personally, I'm selling. I think they go two and five down the stretch here. So I think they beat be the Cardinals. And I'll take the three wins. Okay. I'll take the yeah. three wins. Are, are we going to have some type of bet here? Um, well, if we do, we just solidify that I'm right. Because <laughs> we know how these bets go. Hey, eventually I'll be right. <laughs> eventually. Eventually. Did we see what was up your sleeve? Or? I don't know. What's up yours? <laughs> That's good. Great moment. Good for Flus. Honestly, I actually appreciated that. We got some things up our sleeve. So, I, the best part of that was nobody believed it, and then there really wasn't anything up <laughs> no, their sleeve. No, no, and then Jason Leisure asked the question at, at, in the press conference. Did we see what was up your sleeve, or I don't know what's up yours. <laughs> <laughs> What's up yours, man? That's fantastic. Good for Flus. He was uh he was a giddy Flus last night. Well, he should be. He was uh that but, is uh, his second one score game victory in his two years here. Well, I have to imagine that was one of those half times where you're down by one and you're like, probably still gonna win this game. I do have to say that not going for two up five was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Come on. There was not a lot of points that were going to be scored there. I, I mean, really, the only argument is you're worried about giving up two more field goals and not scoring the rest of the game. and You lose by one. You got to go up seven yeah. in that spot. Every chart tells you that. Yeah. That was that uh, felt pretty clear to me though. They wanted Tyson Bajan to play that game as conservative as possible. I get that, but you know, if if uh Eddie Pinheiro doesn't chunk that 
50, if you look at the kick, the 59 yarder, he it's like a driver where you hit behind the ball. I mean, you, I, I think the easy thing to say there was, oh, he was never going to make a 59 yarder. If you look at the contact behind the ball, he hit the ground first. Otherwise, that probably goes in. Yeah. I know what you're saying is a special team coach is like a, the operation, but I look at it this way. If I'm going out there with my driver and I got like 300 yards of just beautiful fairway and I got to put some muscle into it, like your operation changes a bit. That would have been a, a career high for him, right? Oh, I don't like the call to kick the okay. field goal. I'm just saying that they were still this close, you know, better contact on that ball. And I think that game's going to overtime. And all we're talking about this morning is how they didn't go for two. But I think Frank Reich trying a 59-yard field goal in that moment was worse than not going for two by, yeah. by Flues. I think they were both very questionable decisions. All right, my second question for you. The Panthers are bad. We've covered that. Are you buying or selling the Bears defense being legitimately good? I think they've improved. So can I put it on hold, whatever I'm buying or selling? Well, and one thing you can also do, you can think about this however you want, but think of it less of how they played last night and how you think that translates to the next game against the Lions offense. Inside challenge. Ford Field. Because if they're legitimately good, they should be a defense that can hold the Lions to 20 points. Now, they didn't allow a touchdown last night. That's good for them. They get all the credit in the world. Montez Sweat. The vibes with Montez Sweat through these first two games could not be more opposite than the vibes with Chase Claypool last year when he came in almost the exact same trade. You know who had a good game, too? Kyler Gordon. Yes. TFLs seem to be everywhere on the field after allowing that big touchdown against the Saints. Like, I think the defense has played. They were decent against the Saints. They played really well against the Panthers. Not exactly two elite opponents, especially the Panthers. We went over that. You want to see more, especially against a more physical team and the Lions with the offensive line that will will take it to a Montez Sweat. But I'm, I guess what I'm buying is, is, there's been gradual gradual improvement, and it helps when you're 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 healthy. I would say right now, their best defensive performance when you consider the opponent was probably the Vikings game, but Justin Jefferson wasn't even in that game, so. They allowed, what, 213 yards of total offense? I think that's a, cur- not a career uh, season low for the Panthers. I know the Panthers stink, but that's still something. No, they played well last night. And, 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 and legitimately, that was the first game where you're like, wow, there's a pass rush. Whether they're getting home or not, they're affecting the quarterback. They're making him move. They're getting him off his spot. The quarterback isn't comfortable. We haven't been able to say that all season. Yeah, you've heard my rant on this before. I want contact of the quarterback. Pressure is one thing. I want like physical contact on the quarterback. And Montez Sweat provided that early. I mean, he was just shoving Bryce Young like a big brother to a little brother in the first half. It looked like that in terms of the size difference. That's what you want to see. You want that quarterback to physically feel that pressure. Not just get away from it, but like to be on his butt a couple times. And Montez Sweat in the first half provided that. Yeah. 
that's what you want. So, like, so I'm, yeah, I'm buying gradual improvement. Like I said earlier, like I am buying some of the multiplying effect to use Ryan Poles' phrasing of what Montez Sweat can bring that defensive line. Well, this is an easy thing to say when you, you know you talk about the NFL and just football in general. But I'd really want to see the secondary stay together too. Like if they can stay out, this is the first time since like what week one or two that all five of those guys are actually out there healthy together. And if you can really see how this secondary, which was supposed to be the strength match with an actual pass rush, we're going to get a much better idea of if the defense is good or not. Remember Tremaine Edmonds didn't play again last night. So it's another guy you can be getting back here. Um, Although Jack Sanborn is might be playing better than Tremaine Edmonds was prior to the injury. I think so. You know who thinks so? Lance Briggs. Yeah. Well, I was with Brian Urlacher last night, and he feels the same way. And these are a couple of guys in Lance Briggs and Brian Urlacher know a little bit about playing linebacker. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I think so. In this defense, too. So, um, and again, I, I, I almost think that conversation is a little unfair to Tremaine Edmonds because I don't think Tremaine Edmonds was playing poorly. I like Tremaine Edmonds. I've said this a million times. It's just, I think it brings up questions of allocations or resources. The contract is part of the evaluation. It's, it's like they didn't believe what they saw from Jack Sanborn last year. True. True. Um, and, it's, great, it's a great way to put it. And to the point where, I know I said this a million times, so I apologize, but they, they never put him next to Roquan Smith. They like, they, so even early on, they didn't, they didn't believe in him then. You know? So it's just... I guess it's good to have depth at linebacker. It's not a bad problem to have. And it's not like you're hurting against the cap or anything yet, but it is questionable. All right. Um, I know real quick before we get to some of the prime vision stuff, you and I differed this week on whether or not Justin Fields would or should play. I was just kind of going off a hunch that I thought he could, and I thought he wanted to play. And I'm not going to lie to you. When we saw the brief 10 minutes or whatever we got to see of him throwing the football on Wednesday, I thought they were going to come out and say he was playing. And obviously I was wrong. But it does raise questions to me if everyone's on the same page there. I mean, do you think everyone's on the same page? That yeah, sh- I think it starts with the medical staff. It's a dislocated finger, man throwing thumb. I know he's throwing the ball fine, like, but he wasn't even taking like real drops in what we were seeing. Like he was just taking one steps and like like warm-up throws. Yeah, I know, but there was plenty of zip on the football. Yeah. Nathan Peterman had plenty of zip too. I, I think it came down to maybe if they're not, if they really didn't medically clear him, they're fearing whether or not he could protect the thumb. Yeah. Because I think he could throw just fine. I think to to your point, I think organizationally they probably felt they could beat the Panthers with Tyson Bajant. That's what I think. And the ten days between now and the Lions game is ample time for that thumb to hear, here to heal, or here, or here. Um, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Um, I believe he wasn't truly medically cleared. Um. 
I just needed more time. Need more time. Like there, there was something that Tyson Bajan said. I want to say, where was it? After the Chargers game, where he seemed to suggest that he's got two more starts, and that has stuck with me mm-hmm. since. And there was another someone, uh, DJ Moore, to um, talking to him after the Saints game, where he made it pretty clear to to us there talking to him that I don't think. Justin Fields is coming back in a short week. It'll be pretty tough. Yeah. So I, I think there was enough indication from those players. Like they probably have more information and things change. Surprises happen. But just hearing what they were saying, especially starting with Tyson Bajant, basically hinting that he's got two more starts. That's what I was going on. Well, and I had also, yeah, I mean, I get that. I had also heard from some inside the building, though, that thought he was going to come back against the Saints. So. I, I feel like some are surprised that it he ended up missing four games. But whatever. They went I two and two. The surprise in that too is if he was going to miss that long, why not put him on IR? Well, we have that answer. They're out of they can't bring anybody back from IR yeah. now. They've they've Mac well, once Khalil Herbert comes back, that's eight. That's it. That's it. They, so they wouldn't have been able to bring someone back. I mean, they obviously would have brought back Justin. But then, like, maybe a Josh Blackwell just has to sit on IR for the rest of the year, even though he's healthy. So that part I understand. Um, it's the same reason why they haven't put Nate Davis on IR. They're they're out of IR spots. Anybody, basically anyone they put on IR the rest of the year is out for the year. And and by the way, here's a, a tough part about that. I don't think it's the end of the world. I did put this in my newsletter the other day. Two of the guys, two of the players that they designated to return already, that they took two of those eight spots, are they got waived after coming back. One of them was Khalid Kareem, who's on the practice squad, and the other is Doug Kramer, who is playing for the Arizona Cardinals. So, again, not the end of the world, but also not great that you get eight spots and you use two of them on players that yeah. really aren't on the team. Anymore. Well, I think that's what happens when you have so many injuries to navigate. Yeah. Too. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. When you
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Um, you watched this game at home last night. I was at Joe's on Weed Street. We had a watch party. I So I was watching the Prime Vision. Well, I was watching the broadcast, but couldn't really hear a lot of it. I know there's been a lot of complaints about like how much Jason Kelsey was on the screen. <laughs> he, he was on the screen for like the entire second quarter. And it's, it would have been it would have been one thing if he was like helping analyze the game, but it sounds like it was just like an interview. It was an interview. It, it was bizarre. And so my my plan last night, Kevin Fishbane, John Greenberg, and Kalen Kaler were at the game for the athletic, along with Joe Person, and with myself going on assignment later today. I wanted to. I always find national broadcasts interesting because there's a lot of interaction they have with the team. So I wanted to hear what they. They said before the game, during the game, after the game, because of that interaction. They talked to players. They talked to coaches. They talked to front office members, like longer than we ever get in the, in the game week. Much longer, just in terms of the interactions. Different different sure. settings, private, right? So it's always interesting to hear what they say. But yes, to your Jason Kelsey point, it was almost like, why are we talking about the Eagles? Why are we talking about the Wiener Circle? Why are we talking about being the sexiest man alive in the second quarter? I know this game isn't that good. Two losing teams, but... What are we doing here? It's like it's like prime punted on the game before it ever started. Al Michaels enjoyed it. Enjoyed what? The Jason Kelsey interview. Oh, I was gonna say he didn't enjoy the game. If you look on search Al Michaels on X Twitter, there's a big smiling Al Michaels picture up there as he's interviewing Travis Kelsey. Okay. Al got his Chicago cut meal in. He you heard he, that one? Yeah, he he's he got to hang out with Kelsey. Everything's fine. Sorry, you had to call a bad football game. And by the way, that was not the worst football. Everyone saying it's the worst football game ever. I had to watch Iowa, Wisconsin a few weeks ago. Okay, that was the worst football game ever played. There's been worse. This was almost, this wasn't a bad football game played. It was a conservative football game played. I would say it's a. It was a boring game. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a boring broadcast from what I hear. Um, You watch the Prime Vision, though, where you could see the routes and everything. What'd you think? Uh, the offensive line did a good job. Well, just in terms of what it was, the production, yeah. Yeah. it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. I like seeing the routes. I like the the blitz orbs that they brought into it. Yeah, you can see when pressure's coming. I just like that you can see the all twenty two. Yeah, yeah. It, it, especially it, in a game like that, Johns. There were so many checkdowns, where and and so much uh, drop back coverage. I can't tell you how many plays where if you were just watching the regular normal broadcast camera view. Like, Bajan would drop back. You'd see the only receiver you could see in the screen was Deontay Foreman. And then he would just throw it to Deontay Foreman. And it's like, I can't see three-fourths of what's happening. So that's, I mean, that's the football nerd to me. I like the Prime Vision broadcast because you could see everything as everything's developing. You understand why he's checking it down. Yeah, so my, my takeaway on that was the Panthers did a good job of taking shots away down the field. Yeah. Couple guys over the top. It always seemed to be that way, and and he had protection to take those shots. 
too. I thought the offensive line played really well for the Chicago Bears. Um, the game was is what it is. Um, I, I did find some of the commentary pretty interesting. Can I read you a few quotes for your reaction? Uh, yes. Is this the Michael Smith stuff? I'm going to read you the Michael Smith and then maybe a little Whitworth. Okay, so these are members of the Amazon Prime Thursday night crew who you have you know, correctly pointed out. They get inside access. They talk to people leading up to this game, and uh, this is what's, you know, some of the stuff they had to say during the broadcast. So this is Michael Smith, the former ESPN host, now on Prime, about 20 to 30 minutes before the game when he's doing his one minute on the situation of the Bears. The Bears lack he's, – he's, so, sorry, let me preface this one time. He's going over the situation that Ryan Poles took over for, from Ryan Pace. The Bears lack picks, cap space, youth, and talent, Smith said. Poles had to reset the roster, and that process takes more than two off-seasons. There were hardly any first-rounders around here when Poles arrived. Then Smith goes into the Bears' trade for Montez Sweat. Here's what he said. That was a move to get more blue chip talent in the building, Smith said. And here's the really interesting thing. This is how he wrapped up his his segment. So Justin Fields is under contract for next year, and the Bears have the option for the fifth year, and they still believe in him. Let me repeat that. And they still believe in him. A lot can change now. A lot can change between now and the draft. But the Bears know this roster still needs to undergo a lot of upgrades around whomever is under center. So we had a little I didn't know that Michael Smith had, you know, said that before the show, but we had this discussion on our post game last night on CHGO. And my conclusion was basically this. My gut is telling me a lot of this is just from experience covering this league that we know where this is headed with the bears potentially have the number one pick the quarterbacks that are available, the uncertainty with fields. We don't even know if he can stay healthy the rest of the year. Right. But personally, I'm not out. Like I haven't made that call yet. I want to see what these last seven games are because I still believe that the best thing for the, franchise overall and I would look at the Panthers right now as an example of that now the Bears probably wouldn't have to trade assets right to draft one of these quarterbacks like they had to do but to me the best thing is that Fields plays well enough that you can just draft two other studs to go help him and that's the best case scenario still and and I don't think that that best case scenario is off the table yet I think we are a little too quick to assume that this is over my gut is still telling me that that might be where we end up six months from now. But I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm just not. Here's some more. So this is after the game now. After the game. Where they were basically asked by Carissa Thompson, that'd be Tony Gonzalez, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andrew Whitworth, and Richard Sherman, if Justin Fields is the guy. Whitworth has this long answer, and he ends it with this. You got a chance this year to use up all that draft leverage to stack this football team with talent. Then comes Richard Sherman. And I quote, because you end up in a situation that Bryce Young is in with, uh, with not a lot of talent. 
The cupboard is pretty empty. He's trying his best. You can't even tell if he's talented or not because the team is so bad. You get a good quarterback in there, and he starts to think he's bad. He loses his confidence, and you can't build a good team around him. Then people start to rush to judgment. Doesn't that just sound like last year's Chicago Bears? Like when I heard that, I'm like, that was last year. Yeah, well, kind of the last two years, yeah. Still this year in a, in a sense. Yeah. I, I That's 100% a thing. I mean, these... It's it's the not the fundamental problem. It's one of the problems with the draft is the best quarterbacks go to bad teams. They they go to teams with some exceptions, but they go. That's why I'm so impressed with what C.J. Stroud is doing right now, because that hasn't been a good organization in the last five, six, seven years. And and they don't. He doesn't have a lot of talent around him. Yeah. Well, I'm starting to think maybe that talent's a little bit better than we're giving it credit for. Yeah. But also maybe D'Amico Ryan's was a home run hire and. You know, he's fixing things, and that is a much better environment for him to learn. Yeah. Um, so one reason I keep bringing everything up that's said, because like when I heard Michael Smith's report, like it's, I almost felt like I was listening to Ryan Poles tell him this. We, you and I have been in this business long enough yeah. to know when certain messages are being sent from the organization. Right? Yep. Like That's what I heard. I heard Ryan Poles himself. Okay. Now, can I go conspiracy theory on you? Okay. Well, oh, two we- quarterback. <laughs> no, two weeks ago in LA, the Bears kind of got some backlash. Be- the same type of conversation, right? Where people were trying to read between the lines of what Collinsworth was saying during that broadcast. And like they were almost like throwing Justin under the bus because there was so much glowing talk about Bajan in a game where they were actually getting their ass kicked. Do you think this was a correction because of maybe some things that were said to no, the NBC broadcast a couple weeks ago? Maybe, but like maybe it was just the delivery of Collinsworth because I think Tom Waddle himself put it pretty well. I want to say it was yesterday on, on, on his show on ESPN where they were talking about this and his, his takeaway on what Collinsworth was saying was, yeah, he could, Players should always want to learn. You know, I I, th- I felt like maybe the delivery of Collinsworth came off as an insult of Justin Fields. And I I partially understand that. I get it. But if you're a player and, you know, like Justin Fields hasn't arrived. His stats tell you he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback. And if you could pick up something from anyone, I don't care who it is, Tyson Bajan or you're backing up. Who was his backup last year? Trevor Simeon? Mm-hmm. Like there's still stuff that you could try to learn when you're not in. I feel like maybe the delivery wasn't fully there, but I, I know what you're saying. You know, um, I do think maybe the context of, of who and where Tyson Bajan came from is not like driven home enough. I felt like Tony Gonzalez finally did last night. Like this is a division two quarterback. Like when you look at like, the last few school, uh, last few schools he played in college compared to what he's playing right now, like this is something. Oh, it's crazy! Yeah. Yes, it's it's unbelievable if you think about it. And, and no matter what the competition is, last night, as ugly as it was, sometimes is what you want your backup quarterback to, to be able to do. Yeah, you, you want to be able to say, "All right, we're playing a bad team. Just operate the offense. We'll run the ball. Don't make mistakes. We'll get out of there with a the win." 
And in the NFL, as Bajan said last night, I mean, winning is hard. Especially when you have a roster like the Bears do right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? They put a graphic up last night of like the uh like the teams he played. And I'm forgetting what Al Michael said about it. Like, but he like he made like wow, that is quite the jump to go from playing what Colorado School of Mines. Yeah. To the Minnesota Vikings, you know what I mean? Like that is, that's something. I just love that the Colorado School of Mines has a football team. Yeah, that's fantastic. Please tell me they're the miners. I wouldn't know. You can look it up real quick. Now I feel like we have to. Um, I'm just happy we didn't talk about Bears special teams. Yeah. Um, how about Lawrence Holmes calling that? By the way, I so my dad was telling my dad was at this watch party last night. He was bringing something up, and I didn't really understand what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, I was. He's, but he's basically saying that someone on the score yesterday was like basically saying that Amir Smith Marset's going to return a touchdown against the Bears, right? Because it's going to be kind of a wild game. Now it wasn't that much of a wild game, but he, but Lawrence Holmes called it. Or diggers, or diggers, or diggers. Oh, I like and, and their <laughs> their mascots this badass donkey. Really, it's like a bucking. It's like if uh, you took the Broncos, like the bucking Bronco, but made it a donkey. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of like Justin Fields is the bear starter. He was always going to be the bear starter. But I feel like the Justin Fields defenders, whatever you want to call him. What is what, what does Sylvie call him on the radio? I forget, but um, you're not like fully appreciating like the jump that Tyson Bajan is is trying to make from Division Two to playing in the NFL right now. He was playing in front of like two thousand people at Shepherd University, to now playing in front of sixty eight thousand on national television and beating the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, like that's something. <laughs> well, and I went on a little rant about this earlier in the week. I kind of lost my mind for a second. Like we're just can we stop doing this in Chicago? Like we're so everybody's so eager after that last game to say like Bajan sucks. It's like just put it in proper context. They probably found a good backup quarterback. Yeah. For many years. That's a win. Stop trying to say, like, trying to put him on the field's pedestal. Yeah. And just like these people are, like, concluded already the field sucks. Fields does not suck. Has he lived up to the high expectations yet? No. But I keep asking this question. If they moved on from fields, they traded him. Would you be worried that he's going to end up being a good starter somewhere else? And I think that answer is yes. And I don't think that answer was the same when Trubisky left. Here's like my, my, so hearing everything that was said in the broadcast, try to relate it to like what Ryan Poles came from. Look what the Chiefs built themselves into before Patrick Mahomes arrived. Best tight end in the game. One of the fastest receivers in the game. Good pass rush. Playmakers on both sides of the ball. Good offensive line. Alex Smith just had the best season of his career. And they saw the potential upgrade in Patrick Mahomes. The talent there. Had to trade up to get him. But I think the point I'm trying to make here is they built out that roster to help any quarterback. Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. Right? Like there was enough talent around there to help Alex Smith. And then it was there for Patrick Mahomes to take the multiple Super Bowls. Yeah. That's a good point. Blue chip players. They well, had I a think, bunch of them. 
Yeah, and that's what some of these bad organizations they get so hyper focused on finding the quarterback first. And like people forgot that the Chiefs also traded up a huge like the Chiefs were drafting later in the draft because they were already a decent team. Yeah. And they moved up to get Mahomes. That was not that was not a quarterback ending up on a bad roster. Yeah. No, this is like the most important. Like it's Jalen Hurts. Second round pick, but going into a, a team that had the best offensive line, best defensive line. Game changers on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great look, San Francisco. It's one reason why every quarterback seems to work there is because you have just all this talent around him on both sides of the ball. It's something to think about. Um, and if you look at the Bears' history in terms of trading up for Mitch Trubisky, losing all those first round picks, trading up, trading for Jake Cutler, and then not having first round picks for what two, three years, right. Yeah, that hurt them. They're drafting a major right in the third round. Yes, absolutely it did hurt them. Mm -hmm. There was something that Kyle Long said when we were, when I was doing something on Trubisky like years ago, you know, his his quote, and I think I'm paraphrasing paraphrasing it. No, don't care. We weren't ready for Mitch. Mm. And it's always just stuck with me because I think he's talking about like the roster, the organization. Like they weren't built to develop or to have a young quarterback come in and win. There just wasn't enough there. Uh, you love the interception questions. Like I was counting you for that. <laughs> yes. good, good times. All the memories. All right. Um, what's a good recap show of last night's game? Bears get a win. Enjoy your little weekend in beautiful Chapel Hill. Weather looking okay? I am going to check it right now. Okay. Oh, I'm going to go uh, check out the uh, Colorado School of Mines over the weekend. The Ore Diggers. The Ore Diggers. See if they have a quarterback compete to Tyson Bajan's level. No. I. Uh, no offense to your trip to Carolina, but we got more important business to take care of tomorrow. Two o'clock. Yeah. Good luck, my friend. Carmel. Be a big game against Nazareth. Looking forward. It's been a weird week. I'm not gonna lie. With having the Bears game in the middle of the week, like it's kind of nice. I don't have to worry about the weekend, but like all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, it's Friday. Like, so the second, um, we got a great CHGO show coming up for you at noon today, and at 101, my brain is hyper focused on on Nas on Nas. So should be fun. All right. Um. Everybody pull out, uh, you know, take a look at what's up your sleeves. We got some things up our sleeves, so. Johnsy's got things up his sleeves as he goes, looks looks at Drake May this weekend. Mm-hmm. Should be good. Did we see what was up your sleeve? Or? I don't know. What's up yours? <laughs> he was ready for that one. So, he was so ready for that one. I'm telling you, good for Flus. You know, we had some fun with the flus last night. I'm not going to lie because it was just, I was, I, I was getting a kick out of just how smiley he was. Like yeah. coming out of halftime, down one to the Panthers, haven't scored a touchdown. Oh, we're ready to go. We got things up our sleeve. We got some things up our sleeve. So. Right. Yeah. Boom. What's up your sleeve? You know, the, the funny thing is he probably, everybody probably thought like offense. All I was thinking about is like, you know, like double A gap blitzes. Yeah, I'm blitzing Sanborn. That's what's up my sleeve. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm going to stunt the hell out of Bryce Young. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. The one word that stands out to me is complimentary football. Again, that's two words. It's two yeah, words. But, but uh, we, we got you, Flus. I, I, I highly enjoyed the what's up yours. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue. Follow Adam Johns this weekend. Go check out Drake May. The scouting report will blow up on The Athletic. You better be a subscriber. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns to go subscribe there. And um, we'll have you covered later today on CHGO, a noon show. Got Carmi V coming by. And then uh, we're all going to enjoy the weekend a little bit. We'll come back next week. Have a Tuesday episode for you here on Hogan Johns. We'll hear about Johnsy's trip to uh, UNC. And um, yeah, we're out of here. See ya. See ya. We see what was up your sleeve or I don't know, what's up yours?